Hello and welcome back to another episode of Artist Avenue. In this episode, I'm joined by the wonderful Kian Zomorodian. Kian is a Northern Irish musical theatre actor who completed his training at the London College of Music. Since graduating, he's been fortunate enough to perform in concerts, original cast recordings and musical productions all over the world. So let's sit back, relax and enjoy Kian's unique journey throughout the creative arts. And always remember, an original is worth more than a copy. Enjoy the episode. Who am I? Right. Uh, my name is Kian Zumrudian. Um, I'm originally from uh, a little village outside Belfast in Northern Ireland. And I am an actor. I'm a musical theatre performer. Like work-wise, I've been fortunate to do a lot of... Um, international stuff. I've been working, I just finished working with Royal Caribbean. Before that I was working, I was able to work in Ireland as well. I was lucky to do a lot of uh, work in Ireland with musicals and productions and then some stuff in London as well. Yeah. Yeah. Busy, busy. <laughs> it's been busy, yeah. So take us back to the beginning of your journey. Where and how did you start out? I was probably about four years old the first time I went to the theatre and it was with my my grandparents, my nanny granddad and my brother. And we went to see a production of Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat in the Grand Opera House in Belfast. And it, like from then, I was hooked. And, <laughs> the, the, and my granny always tells the story of, of every time, every time I'm home, she said, you know, I, I knew that you sort of caught the theatre bug from there. Because you'd sit, you'd sit there and you'd know all the words to the song. But like the funny thing was, it was the same production that would come every year to Belfast. And every single year for a good, I don't know, six, seven years, we would go and see that production. Oh, that's so nice. And it was so this, nice. the exact same one. Oh, my, it was amazing. And it was the exact, like I say, the exact same one. The set was the same. The whole, the whole thing was the exact same. And every time it would just be like new to me. So that, that was probably my first like introduction to theatre. And then my parents took me to sort of pantomimes and other bits mm-hmm. of theatre when I was there. So yeah, it's, it started there. And then in terms of, of wanting to do it as a career, I started to take it a bit more seriously when I was maybe uh, 15 or so, 14, 15. Because yeah. I, I always knew that I wanted to be a performer, to be an actor. Like when I was, I remember in primary school, whenever you had to do some, what you want to be when you grow up. Mine was either like an ice cream man or a chef <laughs> or an actor. <laughs> what about a baker? A baker. Well, that was never, never, was never a thought at the time. Oh, I'm disappointed. Um, I know. I know. But yeah, it was always like a chef, a, an ice cream man or an actor. So it was always something I wanted to do. I just didn't really know maybe how to do it or... I don't think I was maybe brave enough to admit that I actually wanted to do it mm-hmm. um, until I was about 15 and I joined a wonderful company called um, Musical Theatre for Youth based in Belfast, a new organisation that was um, had just opened up. A lot of people were recommending it and I, I knew some people who joined it and um, they were like, oh, you, you sh- you're interested in this, you should do this, you should do this. And I was like, okay. And we went to one of their concerts they did at Christmas. And the stuff they did was amazing. It was a company that worked with, with professional performers, professional actors and, and dancers and, and, and choreographers and singers and everything that were in the industry. So just to, at that age, to be hearing their experiences and, and being around them 
yeah, just to get that knowledge and understanding at such an early age was amazing. And they did like amazing workshops and, and masterclasses with, with people who would come over from the UK or, or internationally and do, do these workshops and classes. And then I stayed there till I was probably about 18. And it was from then that I got started getting interested and discovered more information about drama schools and, and colleges and where to, to apply for. Because if, if I didn't have them, you wouldn't, you wouldn't really know. You sort of like Google search drama schools in London or Kilgram. So it was through them. And, and again, they would have teachers and alumni who would come over and say, you know, at this college, this is what we offer or do various workshops with us, which was amazing. Did you ever consider training in Ireland as well, or was it always London? It, it, for me, it was always London, because in Ireland, there aren't really a lot of, I don't know, if, there may be now, I'm not sure, but Charlotte, when I was um, auditioning, there weren't any conservatoires or, or schools that specified in musical theatre. But I think they had like drama courses or um, acting courses or something. But uh, I, I personally felt that I always wanted to move to London to do musical theatre because that was the passion that was what I wanted. And also, you know, that's where, you know, like the West End was and, and theatre land. And of it course. was where it's like, you know, it's like the bright lights of, of theatre land that you want to go to. How was your journey moving away from home then and going into training for such a long period of time, essentially, as well? Did you have any ups and downs and how did you overcome those difficulties? Um, yeah, I mean, changing an environment and changing, you know, where you live and, and everything that's comfortable and known to you to go into a completely new place mm-hmm. that um, you've never been before, you, you don't know, and that you are not alone, but you, you aren't as familiar with it is, is challenging for anyone. Again, well, again, with me, whenever I moved from, from London or from Belfast, sorry, to London, I was so excited and there was that, that initial, oh my God, I'm, I'm actually an adult. <laughs> Literally, you're like, you're 18 years old in this brand new city and you're like, oh my God, I could do anything. And like, I remember going for a food shop was such a big thing because <laughs> I was doing it on my own and, and I was like, oh, oh wow, I can get this instead or, or something crazy like mm-hmm. that. But at the same time, you had, you had your added responsibilities as well. Like you had to get up for like a ballet class or singing lesson at 9am 9, 9 and be there. So it, it, it's sort of, it, it's more responsibility, excuse me, responsibility and allows you to be more, you can open up and be free and be yourself because as well, what you had to consider is that how hard it is to get into drama school. Like a lot of people maybe think, have to go through years, years of auditioning or. Yeah, I think we we'll so. definitely forget that a lot of the times, I think, especially now when we've done our training, I often have to stop and yeah. think and be like, wow, that was really competitive to even get in. Like that's yeah, an achievement exactly. in itself. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's yeah. schools that have, you know, thousands or hundreds and hundreds of, of applications mm-hmm. and they have to go through that and whittle it down to, you know, 20 or 30, 30 students, depending on, on who they're letting in. So that was always like in the back of my mind. mind. I was like, you know, I'm, I'm really fortunate and lucky to be here. You know, I need to make the most of every moment that I'm here. Mm-hmm. You know, to literally absorb everything and and listen and discover things was main was one of the main things I I wanted and wanted to learn everything. But it was it was amazing. And then 
I, th- I thought I would get like, not homesick, but you, you, there's, obviously there's, there's times you're like, oh, I kind of wish I want to be home or with your family or whatever, but that quickly passes because you're so busy doing stuff. So you almost, at times you don't have time to think about home or to like worry or to, I don't know. You really you know, you don't. Know? Yeah, I definitely, like I've, I went through exactly the same thing as well. Like with the homesickness, I thought I'd be a bit homesick, but then for me, when I got there, I was just like, my personality just came to me. I was like, yeah. this is me, I feel free. Like I can finally do all these weird things that everyone thought were weird, but were actually really cool. And then yeah. with the homesickness, I was homesick for one day. I remember it was one ballet class in the first week where I kind of mm-hmm. like just started crying at the end. But I think it was a mixture of actually being overwhelmed that you were actually there. That yeah, exactly. found people that you fit in with. And yeah, it was, I get exactly what you mean yeah it, it, it's just especially with london as well big it's like big city life like i came from a small um yeah. little village and and belfast as well as a city is tiny it's a mm-hmm. small city so when you're you're coming from that small island to like the big city life and you're like oh my god you know yeah you see that you see things on like on films or on tv like i always i, and I still do but i always love like the London Eye and, and sci-fi <laughs> area just because you see it on mo- in movies and stuff and you're like oh my god that's London <laughs> it hit me yeah. and then you go to your like your first West End I went to my um a West End show with a group of friends as well we did you know the standard thing you sort of camp out or like stay in the queue for about three hours to get yeah five pound tickets ticket. or ten pound <laughs> tickets and you did that and you came and watched your show and you're like oh my god we're training to do that we're, we're working towards that that's so exciting yeah because um, you're so close to it then aren't you yeah exactly but if you think about it too like we moved if you move with 18 that's really young that's so mm-hmm. young if you think about it now and then if you think about it there is people who move and start their training with 16 even and i'm like yeah wow, that I, I i only found this out a couple of days ago that with some with some schools um you can start at 16 so yeah. then when i was t- and i was speaking to some friends and they're like oh yeah we started at 16 i was like god <laughs> I, like, I don't know if at 16 i'd be able to i'd be ready to have like the amount of independence that you need to in order to move over to new, somewhere new and put so much responsibility in yourself i, I don't know if i could do that but that's no, quite it's, tough it's, i think oh yeah amazing it's amazing mm. for those who do and then leading into your graduating journey how was that did you <laughs> feel prepared and how was it getting out there till you got your first job Oh God, it feels like so long ago now, my word. Um, it was 2000, 2016. I felt really pre- prepared. Our, fi- our final year of college, same with, with all of them, is the main purpose of it is to showcase you and to do your final productions and agents and showcase and all that. And I felt really confident and strong with it. And that I think that's just a credit to the teaching staff that we had. You know, if I... Uh, I um, London College of Music, they, they were so passionate and so if you wanted more resources or if you wanted to be pushed further, they would do that. And I that's what I, from quite early on, like I remember in first year, having conversations with some of the third years or some friends of mine who um, audit, or had graduated from other schools and were working in the industry. So, you know, get your, get your head screwed on quite early on. But yeah, just discover where you are, see where they can see where you can be yeah and try and build you up from there so first year is all about sort of changing and discovering 
what you are and what you can do i think mm-hmm. second year is about building that up and having a strong foundation of of your skills what you can do what you need to work t- more towards and third year is your time to show what you've learned very true yeah and to show off what you can do so th- third year we had our our third year shows which are fab our, our first one were our first, uh, two were uh, in-house productions in which the creative team had written a musical or a, a production that hadn't been fully showcased yet. It was either one that was either freshly just written or one that had been, been worked on. And then we were able to do the world premiere of that musical. And it was amazing because you, you were creating characters from the absolute scratch. You know, with, with a lot of shows that they've been done before, if they have like cast recordings or or videos on YouTube, you sort of look at that and you're like, oh, that's going to happen. But with these ones, everything was fresh. Like even in, in the rehearsal room, you know, lines were changing, there were songs being added, taken out. Mm-hmm. So it was that experience of working with new material, which was a very valuable. Yeah. Completely, completely. Because it stretches um, the other creative muscle, I think, as well, when you get to do new work. And exactly. It's so, it's so interesting. Our other show at LCM, we always did a Sondheim musical. That was the thing that every year they would do a Sondheim. So we did Assassins. And again, complete contrast to my previous show. And then you go in, into Assassins, which was a quite a, a, a set musical. And the character development was completely different. So you approach it in a completely different way, but still one that works for you. And it's so, so interesting. So yeah, so I was, I was very fortunate because we, d- we did our showcase as well at the end of our, our musicals. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the, that's the time for, so agents and stuff are invited to come to the, to the productions as well. But the, the showcase was in a central London theatre and a lot of agents would, because their offices are usually around central London, they would come there and, and watch you. And it was from that that I got my, my agent. And whenever I wrote my list, he was on... Um, oh, that's cute. Like the top, yeah, I think he's like one of the top uh, on the list. So I always had quite like a fixed idea about who I wanted and why I wanted them. So I was I was lucky because I was one of the few who, when it came to graduation, who I had got my agent and had already booked my first job. Oh wow! Yeah, I didn't know so, you booked it before graduation. It, yeah, so we we all did we all, or we um, graduated in July. I think it's like middle of July. Mm-hmm. And then two weeks after I went to Southampton to start rehearsals. That is so quick. Um, so, so quick. Like everything happened so fast, which was like a little bit overwhelming. But mm-hmm. again, like the rush of it, you're like, okay, let's go. I'm just yeah. ready. So ready. And it was amazing. So yeah, so my, my, first, um, my first job was with Headliners Theatre Company with P&O uh, Cruises. And it honestly, at, at, the, at first... For some reason, I had such like a stigma against cruises mm-hmm. or cruising. And I was sort of like, you know, I don't particularly want to do it or I want to stay on land and, and work and see what I can get on land. But then, so towards third year, I've, I realized like I need to open up a bit more. I need to not, as soon as I just come out of college, not restrict myself in just saying, you know, I just want to do this, want to do this. Being, because I find like if you're open and you say yes to a lot of things and, and, are willing to do stuff that's how you learn mm-hmm. you learn so much from that and honestly that was po- <laughs> that was possibly that contract was possibly one of the most testing and like pushing moments of my career so far and my training because it was so intense 
the, the rehearsal process was crazy. Absolutely great. We had 10 different shows that we had to learn in 10 weeks, nine weeks. That's a show a week, isn't it? Essentially? Literally. Wow. It, was, it, was, it was a show a week. You, you were in Monday to Saturday. Monday to Wednesday, you were in learning the songs. You were learning the music. Whilst, so there were a cast of 12 or 12 or 14. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not too sure exactly, but it was 12 or 14. And um, the dancers were learning the choreography throughout throughout the week. And the vocalists were in Monday to Wednesday learning it. Wednesday to Saturday, you were then staging the whole thing and then on Saturday you would film it and then put that to bed and then you'd have Sunday off then Monday you'd be doing that all over again but with completely different shows so there are completely different genres like we had a we had a queen show like a real rocky show um we had like a blues brothers one then we had like a uh like a Roger and Hammerstein legit musical theater one then we had like a modern musical theatre one, then we had like a like 80s rock one as well, like 80s pop. So they were like, it was it was just such a, a mind boggle for a lot of them. That's like your whole repertoire just like built up. <laughs> literally, literally. In one contract. <laughs> oh my God, it was incredible. But like we had our uh, choreographer and director was, I look back now and she was the most amazing person she's the most amazing woman she got so much out of each performer mm-hmm. by you know the start of rehearsals to when we started had opening night we were completely changed and we had so much because she pushed us so much and at the time it was like oh my god I can't I don't know if I can do this and I'm like I remember I there's something, there's something I couldn't do or I was just I was getting really frustrated and she was just like she was a bit sort of like um like Abby Lee Miller <laughs> in uh, <laughs> Dance Moms. Do it. Why can't you do it? Do it. Do it. And I was just like, oh my God, I've, I've never like experienced anyone like this. I was so overwhelmed. And I remember I went to the changing rooms during one of the break and I just cried. I was just, I was, I was like, I can't do this. Why am I here? Why? I can't do this. Why have, like, why have I been hired? And I came out of the changing rooms and she looked at me and she said, you've been crying. And I was like, no, no, no. And she, she came to me and saw like, she took me aside. I was like, "Ken, you can do this. You know you can. I know you can." And she's like, "Get over yourself." <laughs> so like blunt, and I was like, yeah, "Okay, okay." And I like I pushed myself, and I like that contract was it was amazing because we did so much, and we as performers as well, we grew so much. Like you, le- I learned so much about the performing industry in general. Mm-hmm. because we had we, there were so many so on the on the cruise we were we had our 10 shows and then um there'd be other like guest performers who come from that and they they do like sort of vocalists and, and dancers and acrobats and all kind of comedians and all sorts and it was from there that I met some of the most amazing people like from doing that cruise I then booked my next job through one of um the comedians who came on board so the comedian was a guy called William Crawfield and uh, he is um, from Northern Ireland as well. That's the He's connection. From, that was the connection. So like, as soon as I heard the accent, I went, oh, you're from Northern Ireland. Because I haven't heard a Northern Irish accent for, I know, like nine months since I've been being on that, on that ship. And uh, he, so in, in Northern Ireland, there's, at Christmas time, there are two uh, big pantos, really, mm-hmm. in Northern Ireland. It's the one in Belfast and the one at the Derry Millennium Forum. Beautiful venue. It's, big big venue 
and he was the dame he would play the dame at the pantomimes at the millennium forum and it was through him that i then booked my second job in uh, jack and the beanstalk and that was the first time i'd ever done panto so it was nice that i was able to perform at home like a home stage because mm-hmm. i've never i'd never really done that like on one of the big stages but yes like I, I finished that cruise had some sort of normal time in london like muggle life getting a normal job and then, <laughs> and then enjoying um, annie every night enjoying annie but do you know what i love that job so we so we met working uh front of house we did at the picnic <laughs> theater and do you know what i still to this day that is one of one of my most favorite muggle jobs yeah i think i think it's i think it's fab because you're in you're in an environment where there's so many creative creative people both on stage and off stage like the amount of the amount of people that we worked with who you know selling ice creams at the bar programs and stuff but they were all like ex-performers or or like performers who've just finished like a west end contract or a tour or whatever directors producers who were all like at this moment at this minute weren't able to um we we were out of work or we just Mm -hmm. finished something and we're in, in between work and it was so interesting. Like the environment was amazing. And again, you and when you're working in the theatre as well, it's nice because you're sort of like in theatre time. Yeah. Like it's like whenever you're working, we were doing sort of like eight shows a week, nine shows a week, mm-hmm. and you were sort of still in that that mind frame. Yeah. You'd go and do the evening and then come back and do your thing. Um, but also like during the day, if, if you had your afternoons free, your days free to do auditions or to do classes in between or go go for coffee and cake because we did quite a lot it was quite <laughs> a standard it was quite a standard you do go, like finish a what two-hour dance class of pineapple and then go for yeah just a big keep chop. the balance and then i was like come on let's go to fitness now <laughs> <laughs> to go for like a big chocolate cake afterwards oh. um but yeah it's just it's it was such a lovely environment and like i go back to that job any time I've like I've finished work or I'm in between jobs and I've loads of months free. I think it's um, nice that you put that into perspective actually if you think about it how many people we did meet there and yeah it just shows that everyone is kind of the same even if you are the star of a show one day the next day you can be front of house and it just shows that everyone is the same and everyone can achieve their dreams yeah. and what they want to achieve like it's actually quite a nice recycling moment there. Yeah, I remember I, I had one of my friends, she was saying that um, she was in Singing in the Rain uh, whenever it was in time. And she, lit- she literally said this to me, I remember, um, that she was performing on stage, you know, after you go to stage door and they're like asking for photos and autographs and pictures and stuff. And then uh, the next day she went back to doing a front of house job and she, like, the the level was like, she's so so grounded but it was like you know you can be on the west end stage at one point and then the next time you're serving ice cream you're selling ice creams yeah it's like a complete contrast but as long as you're grounded and you're you're quite set like that fine yeah very true it was amazing and she was just like yeah it's it's a job you need to pay your rent somehow you know especially living in london (laughs) oh my god completely So between your two cruise contracts, you obviously had a big stage contract in Ireland with your pantomime. How was that transitioning back from cruise life to stage life? It was very, very different. Again, again, it's a different, like, 
it's a different means of performing. Mm-hmm. You know, you have you have your your cruise life where you do the shows, then you go to bed, and then you're probably you're like with the same cast as well. You're all together. You do everything all together. Whereas with being on stage, you had your free, you had your freedom as well. And that's strange. So so I did. Um, so I played Aladdin in in the Cork Opera House, and it was it was honestly like the highlight of my career. It was the most amazing job. So it was it was written by um, Frank Mackey and and Trevor Ryan, who are um, so like so so good. Every, everyone like anyone in the cast I talked to, we still were like, oh my god, do you remember? Do you remember Aladdin? How amazing was that? It was just the most amazing production. You you, you saw it. It was, it was so much fun. It was brilliant. So much fun. And do you know what? It, because because my training and my background has always been stage work, it came back to me so like naturally. It's what it's like riding a bike. It's one of those things that you know never really leaves you. And even like even though on the on the uh, cruise you were you were performing on a stage, it was just a different type of different genre, just like different style of of um, of performance. And again, like that show, like Aladdin pushed me so much as well in so many ways. And it was just, it was so, so much fun. But it's one of these things that just always comes back to you. And that's the nice thing that you can go off, do different um, means of performing and then, or different sort of form of, of performing and then come back to another type and still be able to do it and do it well. On cruise life, let's go back to cruise life. But how is it actually being on a cruise? Because I think people forget that you actually live on the ship as well like it can oh, yeah, really yeah. be glorified that you just go in go to miami have amazing rehearsals there and then you go onto the ship and just perform and have bits and glamour but obviously you have to live on there too how is that changing that environment in this taxing job it's it's very strange first of all living on a ship is a complete bubble like mm-hmm. you're you have very little very little sort of connection to the outside world apart from what's you've got apart from your phone that's that's really like your only and getting off getting off from the ship as well that's your only like connection to the outside world but yeah but but living on a living on a ship's completely different because with the cat with a cast you're working together you're you're sharing rooms together you're you're going sort of out off the ship together you're but you're you're literally in each other's pockets like 90 percent of the time so yes, yeah, so, but like during the, during the rehearsal time, you get to know your cast and what they're like, and you click with people. And then um, when you get on the ship, then you know you have your 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 install period. You have your tech rehearsals, your dress rehearsals, and then show starts. And then you start you start living the ship life as well because it's not it's on that you have to do this like obviously like um like seamen's training and stuff you have to do. You have to learn how to be like, to be a leader of a, of a lifeboat and in the case of emergencies on the ship, because part of, of working on a ship is that you are partly an officer. Like I think, I think we were maybe like two, two striped officers or something, two and a half striped officers. And we're like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm now a sailor. Just a little bit of extra, you know, sing, dance and sailor, fab. So yeah, so we had to, you had to go to like various trainings and, and meetings and, and all kinds of, to be in, to be working on the ship. So yeah, it, it was very, it, it was good, but it was nice that if you did it right, you were able to have quite a, a uh, relaxed time in terms of splitting yourself off between being a cast member and also just having your own time. Mm-hmm. Because that's, that was so important that, you know, you're there to do your job 
and that's that's like work Kian. Mm-hmm. Work Kian's there, he does his work. But then you're it's so important to be able to step away from that and be like, okay, now I'm just me. How did you manage to do that? If you obviously because you were sharing a room as well, weren't you? Yeah. It it was like fine. So I shared with um one of the other boy singers, we had, we had a, a, a change. So I shared with a guy called Daryl and then a guy called Patrick. And it was great. Again, again, I think this is just sort of, you know, praying to the gods that they were, they were both amazing guys. And if you needed your own space or they need your own space, they were like, yeah, no problem. Cool. Um, and I think that's, some, that's something that you either discover after doing a contract or two, or it's just something you're naturally like, yeah, it's fine. You know, you don't, you don't need to be doing stuff every single day of, every single minute of the day and like um, Daryl he was amazing he just loved to play his playstation so he just like stick his earphones in and play it whereas me I, had, I was like watching a film or a book or reading a book or something um so like I was able to on the ship I was able to find like my little areas that I could go and just chill out and like listen to music or read a book or you know there I knew sort of places where no one not that no one would go but were less busy than you know up by the pool or or you know by the food <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so the important thing is just to be able to find time for yourself in that because because we were like we were a big cast in in that we all lo- love doing stuff together but it's just important important to find your own time because yeah. in, nor- in normal life you're not with people you know 24 7 yeah so that shouldn't be the case on when you're on a ship you know what I mean yeah definitely um, I so remember yeah, when you um <laughs> I remember the first time we FaceTimed when you were on the ship and I was like so baffled. I was like, how does he have Wi-Fi? How does this work? Is this his 4G? What's going on? <laughs> I didn't get it. I was like, this is cool, but I don't understand. Yeah. I mean, like, so, like the best way to describe it, as people said, is like, it's like a shopping mall on a ship or a hotel on a, on, oh, sorry, not a shopping mall. Yeah, it's like a shopping mall on water or a hotel on water. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember one of, one of our, directors like you're literally on a floating hotel because there's like there's like shops and there's there's bedrooms and buffets and everything so it's just like a it's like a floating world so it it is it is a bit surreal and i know with with some of the other um ships they have like you know a park in the middle of their in the middle of their ship they've like a park or like a a big like one of them we went on it's had like a library but it was like you know those old um style libraries you'd see in films like a ladder and there'd be like mm-hmm. thousands and thousands of books everywhere it was like that it was it was amazing like wow. the stuff they have on them at the minute is ridiculous absolutely ridiculous mm. and um in your opinion what unites mm-hmm. us as creatives as creatives as people in theater and performing you want to tell a story and the creator i find the creative way that is up to you, the individual, as to how you creatively do that. If it's through dance, if it's through song, if it's through um, through text. Yeah. And it's how you tell that story, which is the most interesting because everybody tells it in a different way. Everyone has a different vision or, or understanding of how they want to deliver it. Never any performance is the same thing because you can always have a different yeah. mindset or a different opinion. On and express yourself on. differently don't you yeah so i think I, I think that's what unites us everyone wants to tell a story in a creative way but it's you the individual that provides that creativity mm-hmm. yeah you know <laughs> i 
it's quite impressive. It's <laughs> very intelligent. Isn't it? Wow, my mum will be proud. Like Kian has grown up. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> and what's the biggest thing that you have learned on your journey? Oh, I'm, I'm still learning stuff. And that is the exciting part. You, you never stop learning if it's, if it's a land job or if it's a, a sea job. They're, they're so different. But again, it's the same thing. What am I still learning? Just to like enjoy and embrace every minute because it's, it's, an, it's your own personal success that you're creating. Mm-hmm. Finding ways of feeding your passion and what, what you want to do in your own path. Yeah, and staying true to yourself. That's what you said as well. Staying true, yeah, exactly. Always staying true to yourself because, you know, Mm -hmm. for me, it's the best thing. To be fair, like, I do always notice that about you. You are very good in, like, enjoying the moment. Like, whatever you do, be it, like, eating cake or being on a stage or working (laughs) on Piccadilly (laughs) or moving within, like, two seconds, you always are, like, excited in the moment and stuff. That's really valuable Mm -hmm. to have as well like for me i've i've always been a positive person i don't i don't personally i don't see there being any benefit of always being negative or always worrying or always mm-hmm. thinking of the worst of things that could happen you know if you're like okay i could take this job but what if i do this or what you know what happens if i do this and what, what just constantly questioning and, and thinking you know, like oh I shouldn't do this because of this blah 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 I'm like just just do it yeah you know, see what comes out of what, it see what comes out of it if it turns out crap fine you've still learned from you've still learned mm-hmm. from it and you continue to learn from it but if it turns out amazing even better yeah you know definitely um, so I've I've always been a positive person I always I think that's I always think that's one of my strongest traits to to be positive about everything but not not in like a stupid way, like a mm, living in Kianland. But like <laughs> you, you you understand that there are negatives, or the world is, is the world, There's stuff going on that is negative. Mm-hmm. But I always find that that will overpower uh, the positives. Will over, always overpower the negatives. Yeah, this leads nicely into the next question. You might have already Ooh. answered it, but everyone finds this one really hard. But I think you'll be you'll be fine. Oh God. Okay. What makes you unique as a performer? <laughs> uh, oh my god! Um, what makes you unique as a performer? Just you. Like everyone is unique. There, there. Like, like I said before, there are no two people who are the exact same performers. There's mm-hmm. people who might be. Able, do you know what I mean? There are people who might be able to like give like a similar performance or like if especially if you're maybe like taking over from a role mm-hmm. but there's no there there are never two people who will do the same job in the same way yeah do you know what i mean so what makes me unique i mean <laughs> i know my accent i know <laughs> what's your I usp kian my, my usp i'm a northern irish caramel boy <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I I would I would say it's just it's just what you bring personally to the process. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's what makes any that uh, was that was what what makes anyone unique as a performer. Yeah. And do you have any last comments or advice that you would like to give to the listeners? 
Oh, um, advice, just be yourself because that's the best version of you. I know it sounds so like cringe, but it is, it's so true. Like with, with any performer, having belief in yourself and having the, the knowledge that you can do the best. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? You, you've, you've, you, I don't know how to describe it. What, what, what I always, what I always like to do actually is think back to where you were three years from now, five years from now. Think back as to what you've achieved, how you've, how you've got to where you are. And then you, you sort of feel, you feel better because everyone in, everyone in that time will have achieved something, will have done something that either they never thought they could do or they never planned to do. But um, that's, that's the best thing. I always like doing that. Yeah. That's a, that's a nice way to like, if, if you're feeling stressed, or you're feeling sad, or especially at the moment, you know, because mm-hmm. there's so much uncertainty about um, the performing arts industry and, and what's happening and what, where, what direction it's going to go. It's so easy to get yourself down. Completely. So, easy. so just taking some time for yourself, thinking like, where am I now compared to where I was three years ago? And they're like, oh, okay, things, things will be fine. It's good. It's all good. And if not, bake a cake, because that's what I'm doing. <laughs> Weekly baking. <laughs> Weekly baking. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Artist Avenue will be back next Wednesday with another exciting interview. Make sure to hit the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean and Google Podcasts. And also to follow us on social media so you don't miss a thing. Keep spreading the word and see you next week.